Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Agency for Agents, a podcast for real estate team leaders and independent brokerage owners looking to maximize profits, effectiveness, and gain freedom for their team and business. Your hosts, Christine Andreessen and Aaron Hendon, have been running one of the most successful real estate teams in the Seattle area for more than eight years. They know building a winning team means finding ways to empower, nurture, train, and develop individual agents to discover their own power, their own agency. On the podcast, Christine and Aaron interview thought leaders in real estate and personal growth to help you impact both your performance and your teams. We know it takes a lot, and leaders and brokers that crack that code reap the rewards of success greater than any they could ever achieve on their own. Well, Coco, welcome to the show. It is great, great to meet you. I really liked our small little chat pre-show. It's just really a delight. Coco, for those of you that don't know, if you haven't read the notes yet, Coco is a broker owner of Edgeland International Real Estate in Las Vegas. Super exciting. And also licensed in California. So dual states. And we're just going to have a conversation about what's working now. I'd love to know more about what's working in, you know, in Las Vegas, particularly interested in that market. And just give us a little bit of your background to get started so people know where you came from, maybe make some connections that with you that way as well. Thanks for having me. I'm really honored to be here. Thank you so much. I love what you're up to. Keep it going. Great. Well, we will. I'd like to. So for me, you know, I retired out of law enforcement and then I uh, moved into real estate. I've been in the business now 17 years going Mm -hmm. on. I can't believe that's actually passed in this way. (laughs) Yeah. I've spent a good time with Keller Williams of my career. I've been a top producing agent. I've been part of expansion into the UK and England for uh, KW and then was also part of the opening and opportunities that started for Greece. Wow. I'm super blessed. I've done different international transactions. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of the, the one who gets the weird stuff who somebody says, Oh, you can't do that. And I'm like, Oh, but let's what? see. Watch me. <laughs> but why? As long as it's not illegal, I'm going to find a way to make it done. And then I worked for EXP as their global growth manager, worked them into about 65,000 agents, opening countries and locations. And now I'm, you know, really back into being a, a broker owner uh, locally in Las Vegas and working with people throughout the country and globally in expansion. So. That's so cool. So you're, so you really are fully independent. So you did your time with K-Dub, you did your time with EXP, and now you're fully independent. Yes, sir. Isn't that great? That's good. I don't talk to a lot of people that have that pedigree. So that's pretty great because I started with K-Dub and now I'm with EXP, but we we haven't graduated independent. But very cool. Very great. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, well, why did you go from K-Dub to EXP and then why did you leave EXP to go independent? Like what were the advantages? What do you see? Someone who's had that journey. I don't talk to a lot of people like that. I absolutely started my career with Kelly Williams and I thought that I'd be able to get to every level of personal growth within it. Mm-hmm. And I, 
I did have these huge opportunities came up, these great places where I could be part of something bigger. Yeah. Um, somewhere in it, I didn't feel I had reached my best at every place I went to. I was constantly challenging myself saying, okay, that's great. Now what? Right. <laughs> now, and now what? And so seeing that and seeing that, you know, look, franchise and locations companies have great ways of helping. And I think that, it, that KW has been and always mm-hmm. will be a great place to lead and teach. But not every company can be everything to everyone. Yeah. So for me, I was kind of like, okay, like, for example, I had clients that were coming out of China and looking into becoming citizens and, you know, contact me. Hey, I need to become a citizen in Europe. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I mean, okay. And it became a non-corporate question when I was told, no, you can't do that. No. I had to find out why. So when I realized that it's not based about what maybe the rules are, but where people's comfort levels are. And I find that traditional corporations have that belief that, you know, you can't be working within these scopes because they don't know how to work with them. Right. You can't do it. And that sort of led me down the path. And I had a, a business partner who really was excited about EXP. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll look into it. And in Nevada, in California, it's a little different. So each, each location is a little different. I knew the broker out of California for EXP. And I thought, okay, I'll give it a, give it a, a shot. Hooked up with some great people. But actually, actually, as much as I, I did love working with EXP, they were more about, you got to do traditional transactional sales, really residential. And that's all we really, really want you to be doing. So that mm. was thing that I had thought it would be. And then I, I got the role uh, working in global as their global growth manager. And that just became more corporate. And when I, right. was, I just felt uninspired, Aaron. What can I say? I was that's like, great. I appreciate the candor. I mean, that's really what I wanted to know. I really do want to know like how that went. And I could see that, you know, being a growth manager is not working with buyers or sellers. It's a, it's a total corporate gig, you know, which would, which speaks to some people. It doesn't speak to you though. Yeah. Yeah, Very good. And now you're licensed in California and Nevada as a residential expert and you sell internationally. And I saw you've been on a bunch of big TV shows and, featured on those anything you want to say about that that seems like it'd be fun (laughs) but you know i I think that what's been driving me is what drives me is that what is that going to give to someone else and my thinking Mm. what can i do to be helpful and Mm. that's probably also a negative at the same time hey how could i help (laughs) because you can find yourself you know doing things that aren't necessarily positive in a lot of ways if you're helping someone as long as it it works it's great but it can also be painful so Mm -hmm. uh, doing the shows were fun you know like fascinating opportunity is arriving you can hear it beeping behind me awesome (laughs) i couldn't hear it i don't know what's arriving so so you know doing the shows is interesting but i did like for example house hunters i was mad at them afterwards i have to tell you because it was so fake i was naive and thinking oh it's gonna be just like it is but instead they had predetermined what houses we would be looking at, but that was, it wasn't real. And I, I guess I was. Wait, are you saying reality TV is not real? Is that what you're saying? This is shocking. This is going to be the most listened to podcast of all time. Well, Tell we, us about that. Nobody knew. Right. Nobody knew. No one could imagine that the butterfly collector, you know, teacher with a budget of 1.5 million was fake. That's so weird. My bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, a little naive. Uh, yeah. going- to these things but you know part of it what i'm doing now like you know we have we're just starting our show 
the MVP life. And that's it's really about how people can get to a higher level without necessarily being within a sports field. Mm-hmm. They are. So well, tell me about that. What is that? Is it a class or what? Tell me what is the MVP life? What is that? Life is uh, the corporation I started here with uh, my business partner, and we're, we're really about th- that's sort of how I ended up speedballing through and being out of EXP was because going into property management and then working with investors on properties to purchase within Las Vegas and other locations that will give them super high rates of return. So, mm. like behind it is really like, hey, here's a white glove treatment on your investment so you can get it back and go live your life. And you don't have to be a billionaire in order to invest. You can be the average person, get some great returns, and then have passive income that you can rely on, which is kind of unusual. So, yeah. you know, so you help. So that's the MVP life is a real estate investment branch of your business. Correct. And then okay. we property management, but that we've sort of doing, I would call it like a, going back to Michael Simpson and Resimercial. It's kind of like Resimercial, residential. Resimercial. It's good. I'm not familiar, but I love Resumercial. That is a great name for something. Very cool. All right, great. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, your team. How many agents do you have? And Or it's not your team, it's your brokerage. So it's not really, but talk to me about how your brokerage is structured, how many agents, what you do to attract them, your splits, what you provide. Let's get into the nitty gritty of what you got. To be quite transparent with you, I don't have a lot of agents and that's uh-huh. Because I feel like the way to go about it is a more organic way, mm-hmm. kind of a hand-selected group of people that have either attracted in this direction because they like what we're up to, yep. and, it, and they're not necessarily transactional. And I think that's a huge mistake that franchises, and I, I think it's a way of the past, is to consider the real estate industry as transactional. Like states are constantly selling licensing, like you said. Like a quarter of people who get a license don't do anything, right? No, three quarters. Only a quarter make it. Three out of four agents don't make it. You know, we have have the stupidest, the lowest bar to entry of any profession that could possibly exist. I mean, it's just absurd. And the training is the most useless training that there is. I've never once been asked how many rods are in an acre. It doesn't, you know. But so, so we're, as an industry, we deserve whatever we get, whatever gets disinter, disintermediated by the, by the apps. We deserve that because we have done a crap job at distinguishing what we actually provide, which is beyond the transaction, you know, it's relational. So, so how many agents, so your brokerage that operates as a small team, like a very elite brokerage. Yes. But going back to what you said, Aaron, if I may, I of course love you how much it irritates the garbage out of me that people are being trained to do nothing related to the work. Nothing, nothing. They're super motivated. Hey, I want to do a deal. Why are we worrying about the deal? What we really need to be concentrating in is how are we going to actually benefit someone in their life? We should be thinking of this more as advisors versus transactional agent life. And I wish the states would get that together instead of like nitpicking people, tearing them apart. Oh, you had a photo in weird. Right. Okay, yeah, that's well, not the photo of the front of the house. That's like, that's the biggest deal. Being crappy to each other and not irritating you. Could we all just make a commitment? Let's just not be jerks to each other. Yeah. That's super helpful to start. How about that? Yeah, that'd be nice. 
all the time. They're like, oh yeah, but oh, you didn't put a period at the end of that sentence and that's it. This deal's over, which has nothing to do with the heart of what we're up to. And yeah. if we shifted this, like if we want to talk about the shift and using that phrase into a new idea, how about we shift our thinking into how we approach things and states how they approach things and brokerages. Come on now. Stop training the ways of the past. They're just things you can pick up. It's not any more helpful most of the time. Get it. People need their basics. I'm not saying that, but we need to move on, get past that and start dealing with what is today. And today is different than 2019. Wouldn't you agree? Totally. It's, totally. It's, oh, it's a whole different world. You know, the post COVID is a whole different reality. People, nobody deals with reality the same way that they used to. You know, from work at home to what's acceptable to, you know, everything is, everything is different. I totally agree with you. And I think that that brings about even in our industry, I think quiet quitting has been there for eternity within this industry. It's never been any different. It's more out front, like, oh, I'm quietly quitting. Well, isn't every agent who gets a license and doesn't do a transaction already quietly quitting? In fact, quietly financing themselves into a, a hole. A hole. It's crazy. Yeah. So what, so talk to me about it, what you do. So how many agents do you have on in the brokerage besides you? Well, we have seven. Seven. Great. And what is it that you do specifically to train them or how would you, you know, again, sort of the, what we talked about pregame was, you know, am I doing it right? Like people listening to the show are like, well, am I doing this right? Talk about what you do to empower your agents. What are the splits? What do you do to attract them? What do you do to train them? What talk about that? I try to do is as long as I see what their base is, I'm not really into new agents uh-huh. has had experience in investing or has been part of doing transactional work on their own somewhere. Mm. Good. Green, green, green. That's not where I'm at. I will not be a good teacher for them. I'm not the person to help them. I'm also not great for a first time home buyer. That's not me. I mean, great. I'm- so important to know that, you know, that's a really big deal. So many brokers are like, look, I'll take anybody. And then they find like they, because they think they have to versus, you know, do what you love, you know, do what works. You said great. it, man, you were right on top of it. So what we do is we go through, we make sure that they fit. And what we try to do is have them work in our group before they become an agent with us. Mm become staff, to kind of see how things go. And I see their motivation. I see their interest. And if I see the quiet quitting already taking place, right. I want to dig into their motivation to why they're there. Is it just financial or is there another reason? And if I can find out what lights their fire and it's going to work, boom, we're in. And that's how they become part of it. The splits are, you know, honestly, I, I try to keep it pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Not try to take more than anyone needs to, but those are always negotiable depending on who it is. So I've seen some that are higher than others. Like some of mine are, are higher than others because they're new and they need a lot of help and they need a lot of handholding for the beginning. But they can gradually work into a split that makes total sense. I'm going to cap them out and they can work with me. And then we work on the bigger brand together. Great. So they've come in. So your agents come in, they have a history of investment or they have some kind of track record. You know, these people do the work. They're not sitting around watching cat videos because they don't have any appointments. They're actually, you know, doing lead gen, what, whatever, whatever that version of lead gen is for you. And you take a sort of standard 70, 30 or 80, 20 as a broker owner. Right. right. Great. 
And what I'm trying to do is I'm really trying to see if they're a good fit for us and a long-term and expansion. Yeah, I good. Eat, they need to sleep. They need to be able to feel good about themselves. And mm-hmm. for, I'm not trying to take from somebody that can't give. Yeah, very good. Yeah, so you really are making sure that they are a cultural fit. Yeah, right? nothing- and, yeah, very good. All right. Well, I think, and then you're attracting those people from, you know, to have seven people is not a whole lot of recruiting, but there's, is it just all relational? They just come to you out of the transactions that you would do anyway, and they're attracted to the model. They are. And to be honest with you, it certainly could make it a lot more, but I haven't found that having more agents is necessarily more powerful. Right. Found the fewer agents we have, the more transactions we do and the happier people are. And in fact, a lot of the ways they've come through and that I've vetted keeping or not keeping people mm-hmm. have to do with the it's work that we've done together in the past. I've got I've got a lot of referrals from people. I've even had some, a couple of them that are even my clients that have turned into agents with us. So it all comes from how they feel, how they see something different. And it's sort of a modern new way of doing things. But what I don't want to do, I've seen so much transition within the market with agents Mm-hmm. I to everybody, just the ones that are going to go through the narrow gate. It doesn't have to be a big gate. Just, just, just the right ones come through. And yeah, it's good. And I do find a lot of uh, broker owners and team leaders in the investment space like that do find people from their client base as their next brokers. It's excellent. So, and I interrupted you. What else? You, you had a thought and I was just. No, my okay. thought, doing what you're doing, Aaron, bring it on. Let's, let's do more of this. Let's talk to people let's share with them how things work and don't work and i, I think that the the mindset of being in a box and i get it the old term uh, otbre out of the box real estate so to speak uh-huh. what is that going to do for you if you aren't doing anything about it anyway we can help and share and do things you know like like i listen to like shadi Bazi, you know top listing agent i listen to his show i got many atias i'm still you know a big fan of him uh kw in southern california mm-hmm in different ways. And I think people need to be more well-rounded and not so super focused on being intense. Okay. When you, when you say not be so focused on being intense, tell me, say a little bit more about that. Tell me what you mean. I think that it's that sometimes it can get lost that we have been traditionally brokers at, at general attorneys who are involved. They like to cross their T's and dot their I's. I'm not saying not to do that. Right. Saying is, Let's go back to the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law. And I think that that's what I take with me from even being in law enforcement previously, that for me, you know, it's not the letter of the law that is as important as the spirit of the law. Am I going to, mm-hmm. are we pursuing people based on the concept of what we're trying to achieve? Are we going to, you know, mess with each other? I see a lot of pettiness, mm. fear from agents who are it's either ego or fear, the fear of not being recognized, the fear of not getting paid, the fear that they're doing it wrong. Yeah. Just chill, take a breath. Let's take a look and let's see what's going on. You know, gone from being in the big world of, you know, 65,000 agents down to a small group. And I'll tell you what, it's the same issues, big or small. So you grow it organically, properly, and people mm for the heart of it and they get to be themselves and we emphasize how we can have them be their best them within that environment and not lose anything yeah very cool 
that. Yeah, that's excellent. I was you're talking about people being their best them, being their best selves. I just was talking to my partner about it because we have a it's funny that you talk about it that way because we have a um a training program uh for agents that are, you know, team leaders that want to have their agents actually trained to actually do the work because, you know, to find out who the one out of four is going to be before you invest all kinds of time and money in them, like find out who the one is. Cause you know, you once you find out who that one person is, you can give them all your resources, but that vetting process, and then maybe you wind up with two out of four, maybe you get up it, but we developed a training program. And the one thing I noticed was missing specifically was a specific conversation around. There's no being your best self. Like, just what are your, uh, what is your superpower? I was listening to, I don't remember what podcast it was on. I think it was Buffini. And he was interviewing a big time coach, big time uh, sports coach and real estate coach and business coach. And they were talking about you finding your superpower. And I just got really enrolled in that. I was like, oh, finding your superpower. That's, you know, like I will not host open houses. I don't like open houses. It's not my thing. I don't, doesn't make me happy, you know, but leading seminars makes me really happy. Leading classes makes me super happy. I got booked for a first time home buyer class. I was like ecstatic. I'm like, okay, well that is what I'm, that's my superpower. And then teaching this, leading this training for agents, you know, is a big deal. So anyway, that, that thing you just said about having people be their best selves just reminded me of that space. I love that you said that too, because what I try to look for is where are they going and expanding themselves? What are they doing that makes them comfortably uncomfortable? <laughs> Good. Like, are you are you learning something new? Whatever that is, were you working on your headspace? And if they're not well-rounded, I'm very concerned that there's going to be a major problem. That's like yeah. a crash waiting to happen. And nobody needs that for themselves or anywhere else. And I, I don't think that, you know, if you have, to, I don't think that, the mindset and the belief is uh, you must have a huge brokerage firm to be successful. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the smaller I've gotten, the more, the more transactional and the more, I guess what we'll, we'll say about finances, it has tripled doing it this way versus doing it the other way was sort of like just turning. I, I don't want, I'm not a fan. I don't like it. I don't like where it leads people's mindsets and it doesn't help a person down the road because guess what's coming next. We're going to have a huge change in the market. And who are they going to turn to? Are they going to go back to the person who sold them the house or the investment or the property? Or are they going to go to the next agent? And the reason they go to the next agent is because they never hear from the one who sold it to them. Or they don't hear from that. You know, they hear from them with recipe cards or sports schedules and not anything that's really of value that speaks to them, speaks to what they really are up to, speaks to their heart. And that's such a big deal. <laughs> it really is. I hope that what we get coming into the next phase is that we get people who are transparent about how they feel okay to be vulnerable and say, I don't like this. I'm not a fan of that. What can I do to be successful and seek out the ways that light them up? It's okay to be on top of your game and not look like everybody else. You don't have to have 500 agents. You don't have to have one agent. You can be whatever you want to be as long as you're understanding your success rate and getting that momentum going. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, I think that's a great place to end because it really does give people that, you know, that space that that's the key uh, indicator. Are people growing? Are they developing themselves? Are they for themselves uncomfortable and moving into a space where they really are, can be a contribution to others. 
I really appreciate the, the time, Coco. Oh, last question. The thing I always want to know from people, what are you reading? What, you know, what should I be reading? What, what do you recommend? Well, I'm an advocate for being different. I learn languages. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I like learning languages. I've got I have Spanish under my belt is fun. French, I've tortured the French community really poorly. So I try not to do that too, too much. But I, I'm learning things that are different. And the reason why, like right now I'm into Scots Gaelic because it's the, it's the native Scottish language. But the way that the language teaches me is not only a new thought process, but the way people communicate. For mm. example, have a yes or a no in the language. So you Isn't have interesting? affirmative, which makes me more uh, more able to be relatable to other people. And I love that it sharpens my mind and it sharpens. That's awesome. So that's very cool. All right, good. Well, I'm not learning a new language, so I'll tell you, I don't want to lie to you, but I think that's exciting, Coco, because I never have met anyone who's like, oh, I don't really read a lot of books, but I do learn languages. That is a great, great thing to say. I love that. All right. Well, I appreciate the time, Coco, and we'll make sure, you know, people know about you. All your stuff will be in the show notes. and. uh yeah, let us know if we can ever help you in any way. I love what you're doing, Aaron. Keep up the phenomenal job about caring about this industry. Without you, we would be just stuck. I'm so proud that you're here. Thank you. Thanks, Coco. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Abundant Life Podcast, brought to you by Christine and & Company and EXP Realty, the global online brokerage powered by top agents and cutting-edge technology. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Your hosts have been award-winning brokers, Christine Andreessen and Aaron Hendon. For more on them, visit christineandcompany.com.